Welcome to the DevReady Podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better technology. My name is Andrew Romeo, and today I was joined by Stuart Marshall. Stuart Marshall is co-founder of the SaaS Accelerator. He's also author of the book, Doing IT for Money. Uh, Stuart shared some really good insights around some of the mistakes we might make when building a SaaS product, and how to really gain traction for your SaaS product. If you're building a SaaS product or interested in building one, this is a great podcast just to listen in on what are some of the things that work and what are some of the things you want to avoid. Enjoy the podcast. So Stu, what are you, you're here to talk today about SaaS predominantly. So um, tell us a bit about your background in SaaS and commercial products and commercial software. Uh, well, I, I back in the UK in the 90s when uh, <laughs> we were all a lot younger, I found myself by um, quirk of fate as much as anything working for a software company. It happened to be an Australian software company. Okay. And, and it was a product that I'd used in my first job in industry. And mm-hmm. they, because I had some knowledge, they offered me a job. Yep. Uh, I took the job and immediately found that I was uh, basically at, very much at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was through that that I moved to Australia. Uh, and moved into the product development portion of the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and from there, basically spent 20 years uh, building and designing software solutions that are now used around the world by uh, the, some of the largest companies, like Procter & Gamble, Kawasaki, Honda, uh, Kellogg's. A whole number, uh, 40 of the world's top 50 banks apparently have a, a product that was actually written in the software we produced. Very nice. So my background is all really all about building software for use on just about any platform you can imagine in just about every environment you can imagine. But it's mm-hmm. business software entirely aimed at making the creation of software easier than it has ever been before. Um, that's kind of how mm-hmm. I end up where I am. Mm. After 20 years of doing that, it came to the conclusion it was time to move on and to find something for the next 20 years mm-hmm. uh, and here we are with SAS Accelerator. Oh, very, very good. So um, within that background, what sort of tech were you building? So any, anything and everything, uh, you've told us a little bit, myself anyway, a little bit of the type of technology you've, you've built. <coughs> Dive into that a little bit. Well, um, so the last, uh, let's take the last five or six years, I suppose, really is probably the best, which was um, building web development tools. Okay. So this was, um, in, instead of the, the usual arguments for using HTML and JavaScript and CSS and mm-hmm. uh, a variety of typical sort of technology libraries that you'd use, we went down a different path and said, well, we have already have a, a product that builds um, back-end comfortably. We already have a product that builds the front-end for Windows comfortably. Mm-hmm. Why don't we produce another one that does it instead of building uh, a Windows application, builds uh essentially um, what it would be the roughly equivalent of a modern PWA. Okay. So uh, from that, we then set about turning a simple GUI development environment into one that works in browser. Oh, very good. And what sort of challenges did you have through that process? Uh, the, the biggest challenge was that the browser is still very much a maturing technology. Yeah, and that's it's still evolving, right? And technology's been added now. It's getting more mature now, but yeah, it always is. Uh, but it, but it's it's one that it the 
I suppose if we look back to 2013, around then, when we started, there was still debate as to whether apps on the mobile were going to be the mm. winner. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a bit earlier, right? Whether it was going to be JavaScript. And so, mm -hmm. you know, everybody was hedging their bets. And if you look at the, the competition in the space now, mm -hmm. most of the competition, the likes of OutSystems and Mendix, for example, uh, most of the those sorts of platforms allow this cross-platform development. Yes. Uh, and that, that was simply a reflection of how the technology was mm -hmm. seven or eight years ago. Mm. Uh, the reality today, of course, is that the browser has won that battle. You know, yes. much, exactly the same as VHS won its battle back yeah. in the day. Mm -hmm. uh, the browser is now the choice of champions. You mm -hmm. know, the, the, the reasons for building an app are becoming fewer and fewer. Yeah, it seems to be always the the question of why. So you've got so much access to a browser these days in terms of what it can do. Um, the cross-platform stuff is really, really good these days. So we use, within our tech, is a lot of um, React Native stuff, and it's a lot of cross-platform build. Um, but yeah, there are different options out there if you want to build tech, but browser-based stuff is quite powerful now in terms of where it all sits. We've got access to the cameras um, and everything you really need. So it's really, it's, yeah, it's a tough one there. Yeah. Unless you're after really sort of specific device functionality, yes. access to accelerometers and you yeah. know, and that kind of stuff, yeah. then then really there's little or no reason why yeah. you would bother to build something that was um, that could be native. It's just it's just an unnecessary cost for most people. You get a better experience. I think that's one thing that you have to be aware of. But also the game world, that's obviously clearly going to be native to use the most grunt out of the phone. But it's really it's becoming a shit. It's a tough one because the more the browser expands and the more technology gets to it, the better it's getting, right? So it is a, an interesting question when people say, I want to build an app, but generally 90% of the time they can just build a mobile uh, phone, oh, sorry, a mobile website and but deliver what mm -hmm. they need. Yeah. So yeah, a, I mean, that's it. it, yeah. it in, certainly in the business to business space, which is mm -hmm. where SAS Accelerator is positioned, Yes. Uh, there's... Uh, almost never a reason mm. to go down the app path. You've just built one, yep. one solution. Um, worst case scenario, you can put a wrapper around it. That's an option, yeah. You can wrap it, if anyone doesn't know, you can wrap a mobile website, deploy it out as an app, so you can actually download, mm. have an icon on your phone, maybe use some access to the push notifications and bits on the phone, but you've even got web-based push notifications now, so it's all going that oh, way. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everything is turning up in the browser. Chrome yes. is leading the way, yes. unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, one one of the great benefits we're, mm -hmm. we're seeing a much mm -hmm. uh, from an end user point, of, uh, as in a developer end user point mm -hmm. of view, it's we're now in a world where we have a single source of truth, pretty much for the browser. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now the the next version of um, Edge is going to be based on the Chrome engine. Mm. Yeah, so all going to be very consistent. Edge, oh, oh, yeah, it was always the the one that no one wanted to develop with because it always followed its own standards. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, this is it. So, um, be, be, being being an old stager as I now am, mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I mean, I, I was around for the first browser wars. Okay, uh, we, we, yeah. we were doing web development in '97 when it was yeah. when it was Internet Explorer versus Netscape, and yes, yeah, I mean, it was it was a short-lived battle in truth. But uh -huh. it, uh, the, I mean, I, I lost sales back in the day because yeah. I made a sample for someone. Yep, in IE, thinking it was the choice of champions would be '98ish. Mm -hmm. uh, and them saying, "Oh, it doesn't run for us because we're using Netscape." Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that that sort of Wild West stuff is slowly petering out. We've got a winner, yes. Which is, you know, whether whether one agrees with um, monopolies as such, it, mm -hmm. it, it's certainly a lot easier for the likes of you and I to only have to deal with one. 
Oh, it is a much easier, but that's the, the thing that is an interesting conversation, one we won't dive in too much today, but we are getting monopolies in the tech space, clearly. These big juggernauts are owning um, big, big... Oh, like, if you look at Google now, right? You've got all mm. of the Google infrastructure, um, you've got the Google apps, um, you've got your Android components. There's all this stuff coming out that's just a lot of a piece in one pie. Um, and you've got the Facebooks of the world, and you've got the Amazons of the world, and they're pretty much covering most of everything that we've got out there. So it's very interesting. We don't have much competition in space, which is something that will be interesting to see how it plays out over the next five, ten years, where it all goes. Well, but of course, I mean, the, the, the reality of these things, mm -hmm. and has always been the case, and I suspect will continue to be the case, is that yeah. if somebody decides to try and put their foot down and say, well, no, we're the market, we're mm -hmm. the dominant leader, we're going to do things our way, Yes. somebody will come along mm. yeah somebody then we're you know we're in a time of disruption for just about yeah. every market we can imagine yeah correct um and it, it, it's uh, as i uh, say on a regular basis this is a time of ideas mm -hmm. um, the technology is largely irrelevant because we have the technology now all that matters is what you want to do yeah it's the concept and then delivering it in the right way and then basically can impact any market right now. So anyone in their, their backyard that knows how to build some tech um, can build great tech, um, and then it's about marketing and getting some user base. So it's very interesting times that we're in. So let's jump into SaaS a little bit. Let's talk about predominantly SaaS products, and, and I know this will touch upon the SaaS Accelerator and why I sort of started this up. Um, so tell us about SaaS Accelerator and why this came about and how um, you got involved in that. Um, so I was approached by uh, a lady by the name of Joanna Inch, who okay. is an exceptional tech marketer, has done some fantastic work with uh, the likes of Lenovo, um, mm -hmm. I think making them an extra $66 million, I think, on a campaign that she ran for them. That's just a um, little chunk of change there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, not, not too bad as a, as a piece of authority, as we would say. Yes. Um, uh, has uh, been a long-term Google partner. Okay. Uh, great knowledge in the technology industry, but wanted to um, niche further and be, be a bit more precise in her language. Yes. And so she she thought, well, you know, SaaS is an upcoming world. Mm -hmm. um, great place to be. Uh, uh, she's secretly a bit of a geek, in truth, is Joanna, bless yep. her. Um, <laughs> and, and all the better for it, in my opinion, if I may say. Uh, uh, but doesn't she doesn't really know, she's not a software person. Okay. So has the technology background, has the understanding, but doesn't have the software knowledge. Wanted to talk about SaaS, wanted to be in the SaaS industry. Mm -hmm. um, so went looking for someone. Who could help, help her on the other side, her. yeah. Get mm -hmm. it. Uh, and, and found me, mm -hmm. which I'm very happy about, and mm -hmm. approached me and said, did, we want to, did I want to go halves, and did we want to sort of do something together, to which mm -hmm. I, without a thought, Yes, um, I think I've, I think I've published something <laughs> on LinkedIn about it. It was the yep. it was like a penny drop moment, you know, a light Bang. bulb moment. Yep. It's like, why have I not thought of this before? Get it. Um, so we essentially set about looking at how we can help SaaS businesses and and the sort of the the stuff that they get wrong on a regular basis. Okay. And the, and there's a couple of um, horror statistics for you here, which is um, that for every SaaS business that kicks off, yes. 10 out of 11 will fail within three years. 10 out of 11. Okay. Which is, which is, which is a horror number. Yeah. Right? I mean, that, that, <sighs> and, and they fail for one reason. But one it's in, reason only. All right. Tell me that one reason. Uh, and they fail because they don't have enough customers. 
Oh, that's like anything, right? Um, yeah, but is it why, do, why don't they have enough customers will be the next question. Uh, uh, well, absolutely yeah. right. And, yeah. and, I mean, a lot of this is, I mean, the, 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 the typical problem they have is they either, they either can't find customers mm-hmm. because there isn't a market, let's say. I mean, you know, I mean, people have these great ideas. I can solve this problem. Yes. But they do no market validation mm-hmm. and <laughs> they, go, yeah. they go live and... You know, I mean, having spent 12 months myself trying to sell to a market that I suspect <laughs> now understand probably doesn't actually exist. Interesting. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's not a great way to spend uh, a lot of money. And when you consider the cost of, mm-hmm. of getting into SaaS, yes. um, you know, it's, it's very, very expensive to get it wrong. Oh, definitely. So they go into this world where there's either no market or the, mm-hmm. the, other, the other typical one is that they find customers mm. and then they don't look after them. And so the customers come along and they just come and go, well, that was fun. Yes. Uh, I'm kind of bored now. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go and try somebody else. Yes. And, and because it's, because they make, because SaaS businesses so often are cheap to get into, mm-hmm. you know, if they're cheap to get in, they're just as easy to get out of as well. So the, there's no brand loyalty as such. There's no commitment. There's mm-hmm. none of this sort of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And so the customers come in and go out again, which means that was it, uh, something like up to 25 times the cost of yep. keeping a customer to find a new one. That's an interesting stat. Yeah, 25 times a cost. Wow, okay. Um, so, I mean, it's between between 5 and 25, and I guess yep. it depends on the business and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, of but course. Very, yeah. very expensive mm-hmm. to keep chasing mm-hmm. new customers. Massively expensive. You don't want to roll over customers from old to new to new to new. That's not really good. Retaining customers is, is key and pivotal to any business, let alone a SaaS business. You've only got to lose 2% of your customers a month. Yep lose a quarter of them in a year mm. so you, you start looking at this 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 horrible churn rate mm-hmm. so you take a step back from this say okay so why why are they why do they not have enough customers well because they they don't keep them they don't look after them they don't mm-hmm. do all of the things that they should be doing yep um so <clears throat> we sort of took a step back and said well okay well what, what are the what are the crucial things what what do we have to if we're going to talk in nice generalized terms about the the activities that uh, SaaS businesses need to be involved in, then mm-hmm. we we got it down to sort of four things, which is we need to work on a platform. Well, we, we're all going to have a, a solid, you know, most of the stuff that they're going to make is going to be a solid, robust piece of software because that's what software companies do. Generally, so, yeah, for the most part. Yeah, Generally, I mean, you know, there, there, yeah. there are some shocking examples. There are there, some. Right? There are, but we won't talk about them. <laughs> Um, but 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 for the most part, yeah. if you build a software platform, it's going to do its job. Mm-hmm. Of course, it does its job because if it mm-hmm. doesn't, you're going to be out of business very quickly. So correct, it uh, needs to we, work. We talk, we talk about the need to build the platform, and there's some good development methodologies. I mean, you you know as much on this as me, certainly mm-hmm. if not probably more. Mm-hmm. Uh, the importance of you know, good practices when you're developing. Yes. Uh, 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 and a, a sensible approach to development. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that. What, what are we really interested in? And what we're really interested in is how actually we deal with humans. All of all of this, all of the nonsense, we get past, get past the product, what are we actually doing? We're really, mm-hmm. we're talking about people, promotion, and partners. Okay. So, so these are our, our four piece, platform, people, promotion, and partners. And uh, the idea of people is that um, this is a human thing, right? We're, mm-hmm. Unless we're going to look after the people that are involved, and then there's no points. We have to do that as, as prospects when we've got them as customers, make sure they have a good time. Uh, promotion needs to be absolutely critical on this. Um, there is such a broad market in SaaS 
Mm -hmm. uh, most major SAS um, verticals have nine or 10 good players in them. So it's a competitive market space. Um, so uh, getting the promotion right, getting the language you talk in, the niche that you're talking to, hugely important. Mm -hmm. uh, and the last one, partners, is, the, is this strangely simple notion of actually not trying to do everything yourself. And I think, uh, yeah. And it's, a, it's a don't be greedy thing. No, yeah, like and anything in business, the right? The pie is big enough to share, right? Mm. Oh, when you've got nine or ten competitors in the space, um, that's in some areas, I think there's more, there could be 50. Um, if you look at um, basic support systems, there's so many mm, of them out yeah, there. Yeah. You look at a CRM, there's hundreds of them out there. So in some areas, it mm. just even blows out of all proportions. So um, partnering, like anything, is a huge thing in any business. Uh, and, the, and the partner thing is that the, there are many benefits to the partner thing, but but ultimately it gives you scale. Mm. Uh, and that's, that's a really crucial thing because it's very mm. difficult to take your business and say, okay, I'm now going to go sell to another 500 people. Yes. Uh, it's much easier if you've got 10 partners doing that work for you. Correct. Yeah. And delivering the training for you and mm. uh, and helping with the support and all, all of the other aspects that you would typically mm -hmm. uh, expect to be involved in. If you've got people doing it for you and they're taking a slice of the pie, mm -hmm. there's still um, still plenty of pie left, and it allows you to focus on building mm -hmm. essentially a world class platform. So it, it it makes sense to sort of put these um, these sort of four areas in play, mm -hmm. and make it, it gives a lot more clarity to um, to SaaS vendors because they typically have this sort of technology focus. And generally, they start from there, right? Um, and I've had these conversations before. In reality, you're in business. It doesn't really matter that you've got technology. And I think you need to mm -hmm. step back and say, we're here to support and serve customers. And that's really our objective here. Um, promote the business. Yes, that's one important thing. But if you're not supporting and serving your customers, it doesn't matter if you're a tech product or a shop on a corner store, um, you're not going to get more customers or retain your customers, really. Um, I think we get sort of lost <laughs> in the, uh, the technology discussion. I think now it's time to probably pull that apart and say this is a business um, and it is a business it needs software it needs software that's the way you're delivering it it's only a delivery mechanism um, but then you've also got your support aspects you've got your your staffing aspect because you still need people you need to build teams you've got sales teams you've got everything mm -hmm. that all comes into it so and at the heart of it you've got a customer um, so i think when you go and just build tech you can get a little bit lost in it too Oh, for sure. I mean, look, I mean, one of my one of my standard comments is if you're looking at the technology, you're missing the point. Mm. Uh, and and that is exactly it. This is just a technology. It's just a Correct. tool to do a job. It's mm -hmm. it's no more interesting from a tool perspective than a digging stick. <laughs> uh, it's there and it serves yeah. a purpose and, and and it's very good at what it does and mm -hmm. no more and no less. Correct. So, and once you've got one, then mm -hmm. let's you know, move on. And, and from your customer, as far as your customers are concerned, they really couldn't care less about the technology. Mm -hmm. no. I mean, very nice and very exciting, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But their real question is, are you solving my problem? Yeah, and what is the outcome I'm getting from this? What's the value, right? Mm, mm. Absolutely right. So mm -hmm. it, it's it, it's really important that we, those who are driving the businesses, stop mm -hmm. looking at what it is that they're doing and instead, as you say, look at it from from a pure business point of view, which is how am I looking after my customers? Mm -hmm. yeah, it, yeah, there was a sort of thing on Facebook the other day, which was um, a, a little video of a guy, a woman walks into a store uh, and wants to buy a muffin. I think it's a muffin or something like that. And uh, the guy says, oh, could, uh, yeah, we'll just create an account for you. Uh, what's your name? 
Yeah, what's your email address? What's yep. your mobile phone number? Uh, can can you set a password? And it's like you'd, you'd never do that in a shop. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. <laughs> uh, but so often, if you want to sign up for something online, that's the first thing they make you do. They do, yes. They want you to tell someone who you uh, are, no, everything why, about you. Why would you do that? Why would you make it so hard for your customers? Mm, that's an interesting question, right? So. <laughs> when we yeah when we look at there's a barrier to entry and we're creating more barriers by yeah, doing yeah. that right and you, you're generally going to get some drop off i know when i'm online and i basically see something where i want to download and look at something i've got to put 10 15 answer 10 15 questions i'll just exit mm. the page and walk away um and that's well, what you went to there uh, but there's no there's no problem with this mm. provided it's a fair exchange right i mm. mean that's 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 the thing if 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 fair exchange is, here's all my personal data, whatever mm -hmm. it might be, phone number, email address, and so on, and what you get from that is something highly valuable, then great, no yes. problem. It's a fair exchange, everybody's happy. Mm -hmm. When it's a, when the request is for a lot of information and, oh, I just want to have a tinker with something, then it's like, uh, no, it kind, of, it kind of misses the point to some extent. Okay. So one of your key points is here, technology is clearly not the focus of a SaaS product um, at no, all. Absolutely not. Yeah, so let's let's move beyond that from a perspective of think business, not technology, <coughs> and who your customers are and how you're actually solving their problems. Yeah. Absolutely right. And mm -hmm. and the first problem, and this is, mm -hmm. uh, and you're in business and I'm in business, and, and we all have this tendency and, and a natural tendency to sell to absolutely everybody. Yes. We, want, yeah, we can solve anybody's problem, can't we, Andrew? Yeah, and that's the problem, especially in, in what we do, uh, delivering technology. We can help anyone, but that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean we should be trying uh, to market to no, everyone. Absolutely yeah. right. And, of yeah. course, the, the problem with this, uh, and funny enough, I, I wrote about this the other day, is that what it means is that when we're, when we're not clear on the niche, when we're not clear on who we're talking to, yes, you know, we're, we're falling into that classic sales problem of trying to sell to everybody and actually selling to nobody. Correct. Yeah. So when when really what we need to do is be very precise and say we are dealing with yeah you know, this particular subset of the world. Uh -huh. And if you are, as as I would say, if you're a maturing technology business, if you're a maturing software as a service business, yes. uh, in the business to business space, then you are my niche. You are the people I want to be talking to. Mm -hmm. Get it. If you're already doing four hundred million dollars in revenue, you probably don't need my help. Understand. So and it's it's fitting for the why we brought you onto the podcast because you're talking about it's not about the technology um and the dev ready podcast is all about helping non-techs build better tech so i have this brilliant idea how do i go about building it well really it's not about building the greatest tech it's still solving the customer's problem so it really all the problem yeah that's all it is it's still business 101 and you mentioned at the start 10 out of 11 SaaS businesses fail. Um, mm -hmm. I'd dare to say 10 out of 11, any startup fails. That's basically the stats anyway. So it's still a business and it's still following in line with that. Yeah, the, the, it's, it seems to be slightly more pertinent for yeah. um, SaaS business simply because of the cost of setup. The cost of going to market in SaaS is, is huge. Oh, there's a big investment. That's, that's not... I, I, I went to market with, with 10 grand in my pocket. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that... yeah. That's not a lot of money in this world, though. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a bit. It's a bit of play money with yes. for want of a. Uh -huh. Yeah, it, it's a very small amount of money in the scheme of things. Yes, um, a year's software development with the cheapest people mm -hmm. is still going to be six digits. It is, and the cheapest people are going to give you not a great product. Uh, generally, and, and you yeah. and you pretty much get what you pay for, right? Correct, like anything in life. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, the, the, the reality of making making a good quality commercial grade software package yeah. that's, that's going to take, oh, let, let's say, with the best will in the world, 12 months mm-hmm. to make something that you're probably getting into MVP land. Yes. A minimal viable product. Mm-hmm. Then it's at least $100,000. Now, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that's and, not a small for a lot of people. It will be significantly more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may be two hundred. You know, it's, it, and suddenly it's yeah. the house that we're now putting a house on the line. <laughs> and I was um, on a podcast the other day. Funny you talk about it with um, uh, basically a startup founder. He actually sold his house to build his SaaS product. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's. Um, and it's <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, good on him. Yeah, massive <laughs> well, risk. I don't know yeah, that brave, but. <laughs> It's paying off for him, but uh, well, massive, no, I, massive I, well, fair play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> congratulations. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, there, for it, it's like you know the, the rock stars. You know, oh, my my school teacher never said I'd amount to anything, and I'm now a rock star. Yeah, I wonder how many other kids had the school teacher said you'll never amount to anything, and they are not a rock star. Yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's the thing. Yeah, yeah we we hear these yeah. these success stories. You know, the yeah. guy who goes and makes mm-hmm. the big bet in Vegas and all yes. of these things, but. Mm-hmm. For every success, there are many, many failures, and uh, SaaS is a particularly um, uh, dangerous area, I think. Mm. And, and similarly, the biggest issue uh, is not really understanding how much it's going to cost. It's it's the eyes the eyes wide open thing. They come yeah. charging and say, "Yeah, I've got a bunch of money. I'm mm. going to do it," and then two hundred thousand dollars later, mm. they're they weren't clear at the beginning on what they were doing. They didn't get it quite right. Uh-uh. Well, and in the reality, they probably jumped in way too early and started building something that they weren't really. Yeah, yeah got got excited. Yeah. Let's have a go at that. But, yeah. And and there we are. And yeah. suddenly they need to find another two hundred thousand dollars to get over the line. Mm. Uh, and it's fine. You know, the first two hundred thousand, perhaps you might get quite easily. The second two starts to be a challenge. Yes, and, and particularly in Australia. I mean, we are, we are a particularly conservative nation. Yes, in that we are. Sense. Yeah, uh, we don't reward our innovators particularly well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not quite like the US. I, I was chatting to a guy in uh, Idaho recently, okay. who's um, a couple of years in, has a live product, has a few customers coming in, is doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, "Oh, he said, well, it's not too bad here. I can go and get another million in funding pretty easily." Nice. <laughs> Say yeah. that in Australia. Excellent. <laughs> uh, I can I can help you spend that, of course. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. But but it, you know we're, it's Australia's a smaller nation. The, mm-hmm. it, it's a slightly more conservative approach. So mm-hmm. it's it's a scary thing. Yeah, correct. And it brings one, but the third one in the list of stuff we were going to talk about is this this idea of build it and they'll come, mm. which is you know we're, we're into it. what oh, yeah let's go we're really excited <laughs> this is brilliant I've got this brilliant idea I'm yeah. going to solve a problem I know how to do it because uh, and this is one of the, the two um, startup um, sort of um, avatars is either the tech guy who knows how to solve the problem and gets on with it, mm-hmm. or the um, subject matter expert who recognizes the problem and knows how he can solve it if only he has some technology skills. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the, the latter of those two is always very excited, comes in, says, great, let's have a go. Wallop, yep. finds the money, sells his house, mm-hmm. um, and says, brilliant, I'll build it. If I make this, it'll solve the problem. They'll come flooding to my gate. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, And they don't. No, no one comes flooding to anyone's go. <laughs> no, you need it, to. It's, it's the internet. Uh, yeah. I look. I was uh, review, reviewing a, a SaaS business the other day, mm-hmm. and my comment to the person I was talking to was, "They don't exist." 
in terms of the customers or the business, oh, the business uh, they, itself. They, they, they yeah. have no online presence. Yeah, yep. Yeah, it's like, well, how, how do you expect to sell mm -hmm. to hundreds of customers if you don't have Facebook, if you're not building content, mm. if you're not producing stuff that people online are going to see? Yes. Yeah, they don't, there's no, there's no um, SaaS real estate agent where you can go and look in the window and go, <laughs> I can't like that one. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. This is an online thing. You're in the world of the internet. Yep. There is There are 1.6 billion websites. So unless you are going out there and putting yourself out and speaking very clearly to a very tight-knit group of people, yes. you're not going to get found. You may, you may as well not exist. And that's the thing that you alluded to before about niching. Um, and to be able to do to pick a niche gives you that capability of then <clears throat> now marketing your product out and your service out <laughs> to the right customers. And I think mm. yeah, number that that point around niching is pivotal when we get down to build what they'll come really. Yeah, and you look at it and you say, well, uh, where are they going to come from? You know, this, <laughs> yeah, some ghosts and a baseball diamond. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's a nice story, right? It's a great um, story. Yeah. <laughs> but it, but it, it 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 lacks it lacks yeah. truth in the real world, sadly. Oh, it does. Um, it does, and I think we can all be a bit like that. We're like we're building a beautiful baby. It's it's ours, mm -hmm. and it belongs to us. And yeah, um, we think it solves a perfect world, and we just put it out there, put a website out there, and it's that's all going to happen for us. But in reality, it just oh, doesn't. You, you um, got it. I mean, today, the the most successful strategies today are super niche content marketing. Yeah, and they work, and um, uh, they work extraordinarily yeah. well. Mm. Uh, but the. the <laughs> Which brings me nicely on to the next one, yep. which is this idea of the price that you charge for it. Yep. So the, there's a um, the the five dollar app uh -huh. on a mobile phone has has been probably one of the worst things that's happened to the software industry. It's sort of undervalued the, the product. Like the five dollar yeah. app could have cost two million dollars to build. Because, <laughs> yeah. The man in the street doesn't quite understand. No. As, and, and I mean very very broadly generalizing, but mm. is, as a general rule, the man in the street doesn't quite get the difference between mm -hmm. the complexity required to make flappy birds, yes, and uh, uh, commercial grade software. Yeah, I mean they're chalk and cheese, right? They're, yeah. they're of the same subject, but mm -hmm. very 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 different. Mm -hmm. um, so there there is a tendency then because you have people come up and go, oh well, you know, I don't think that's worth more than uh, twenty dollars a month. Mm. You go, and they're like, oh okay. Um, so they'll go out and they'll sell their product or they'll look at the opposition and go, well, the opposition have, uh, have got more features than me mm -hmm. because I'm new into the space, so I'll be cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and the result of which, of course, is that you immediately get into the race to the bottom. Mm -hmm. And the race to the bottom has no winner except oh. for the guy who picks up your customers on the cheap when you go broke. Mm. <laughs> Uh, and, and it's, it's really important. And this is back. This again takes us back to this idea of niching and talking to the right people, which and which is good. Customers will pay for the value that you deliver. And it's all about value. And you mentioned a good thing. Absolutely, about, you mentioned about good customers just then, um, and good customers to you. And if you're looking to help good people, good businesses, then they'll pay for it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. They'll come along and they will say, right, well, so a good a good friend, so Richard White, who runs Mustech Global. Mm -hmm. um, Richard tells a, a a very good story about how he runs his software, but he uh, his simplistic approach is this, which is when you sign up for WiseTech with and CargoWise, 
-hmm. There are no legal sides to it beyond a very, very short one-month contract. Now, that's a, a weird idea, right? Yes. That um, You'd say, well, really? Surely, surely. This is a, a multi-million dollar, 100 million, four, was it 400 million dollars, I think they're going to make this year or something like that. A huge business, um, massive customers, the likes of DHL. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> surely there would be some kind of sign-up legal thing. Now, Richard's opinion is, well, why would you let legal things get in the way of a good sale? And you go, well, fair enough. Yes. Uh, but more importantly, um, my software is going to solve your problems. Mm. It's going to solve your problems. It will be cheaper for you to run your business using my software and paying me than it will in any other way. So we're just going to have a great time together. And I'm sure that helps with the sales process anyway. Um, it, it, it can't, it can't yeah. do any harm. Yeah. Again, well, chatting to, chatting to somebody recently, he said, no, I've lost big business. I've lost sales uh -huh. because we got held down in the legal aspects. Yep. And you say, well, if you're six months into a 12-month contract and they say, no, we're not going to use your product anymore, mm. we're going to stop paying, what are you going to do? Are you going to invest your resources in hiring legal people to try and chase? Yeah, No, you're not. And no. if you're not going to do that, why put yourself in that position in the first place? That's, a, that's an interesting point on the whole legality of accessing a SaaS product. Mm. Because, yes, there are platforms out there you can go and sign up for a month to month, and that's the cleanest way. And it's generally... Mm -hmm. Um, the easiest way to get people to trial anything. If you're trying to sell people on a 12-month contract, it's a lot more difficult to get them to look at this product and think there's yeah. a big investment here and I haven't used it yet. I don't know what to get myself into, right? Well, cargo-wise is, cargo is even better than the, the month by month. It's simply yeah. a usage payment. Okay. So that's Every transaction mean. has a cost. And that's it. That's it. It's a, it's a, it is as simple as that. And that's it's a fabulous way of looking at it mm. if you're a big business and you use it a lot you pay some more if you're a small yep. business you don't pay very much at all mm. it's, a, it's a very simplistic approach it allows yep. small guys to get in take part absolute no-brainer yep but it also it, but it also means that you can get your good customers in mm -hmm. and get them going and get them part of the community and everything else mm. very quickly mm. no issues if they're not happy with the results they can go mm -hmm. and we'll you know it's it's kind of um for want of a better way of describing it, it's grown up. Yeah, oh, it's it's a good it's a good gentleman's agreement. It's like anything. Um, if they're signed up for twelve months and they're not happy, that's a challenge. You don't want those customers anyway, um, and you don't want to have to deal with that support level if they're not happy with the product. And if your product's no good, then you're going to have a lot of them. But if you've got one in a hundred that's not happy, you're probably better off letting them go. And that's leaning to where you're at now. So if it's a gentleman's agreement, much easier. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. And it, it just makes life much easier. And if you've got the bad guys come yeah. along, you've got the poor yeah. customers, they can turn yeah. up as well. So you've got no bad blood there. There's no no issues. They can come along, not be happy, and then, and they can go elsewhere. Uh, and it, it 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 smooths the process significantly. This is a great piece of advice. Now I'll say this on two fronts. Um, Stuart, we run a, I don't know if you know, we run a SaaS product in pharmacy, very niche, mm -hmm. um, assisting pharmacies with their, their marketing. And we did get caught up in a, a six-month, well, not six-month, it was a negotiation but around a product. And it, we got the contract signed, but it took six months to get it done. Now, if we were in a position of doing what you just said, I think it would have taken a month. Um, so, yeah, very interesting um, way to look at it. Yep. Very, very simple. Yeah. So, and um, it, it meet the the price. It takes pricing out of the equation as well, mm. because it's simple. So DHL, for example, DHL is a great, uh, is a great story behind this. But yep. um, long story short, DHL spent an enormous amount of money trying to build their own system for tracking 
Okay. Uh, and they do a million parcels a day. Yeah, it's big numbers, isn't With, it? Yeah, yeah, huge yeah. amount. Um, they are not as happy as they could be with cargo-wise uh, because they're a big business and they want yes. things to be slightly different. Mm -hmm. But what they do know is from the moment they took it on, their business was cheaper to run. Well, that's a massive return, isn't uh, it? <laughs> and, and that, yeah. Is it, is it perfect? No. Is it a lot cheaper than what we were doing? Yes, it is. Okay. There you go. I've now yeah. solved my problem. Yeah, so you're adding value to the customer. Then, But they're yeah. not happy generally. You find that people aren't happy with a SaaS product because they've done business a particular way. Um, and they want to do something a little bit differently. And when we get in the world of big SaaS, it becomes um, a little bit challenging for the customer to just build whatever mm. you want. Um, and that sometimes you have to come into line and people don't like that. But if it's still solving a problem and making their business a bit cheaper, um, I think it's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. and it's an interesting, and it takes us on to this notion of of how we develop product. Because, I mean, the, mm. we make some product, we get out of the yep. door, people buy it, and we say, okay, that's great. And at some point, every SaaS business is going to be faced with the customer who says, I just want it to do that. Yes. Uh, and it's not yeah. just one customer, right? It's 50. It's no. 200. <laughs> they, all, they all have their own agenda. They all want yeah. this. Now, again, I, I use CargoWise as a case in point just because it, it's the best, it's singularly the best SaaS model I've ever encountered, Okay, which is the WiseTech opinion is we have one version. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. Yes. I don't care how much money you've got. You cannot pay WiseTech enough mm -hmm. to build a tailored version of their software. Mm -hmm. Now, the reason for that is simply that they're already spending hundreds of million or have many millions every year yep. on development. Mm -hmm. Now imagine putting in multiple development streams yes, and multiple variations for multiple customers. <clears throat> and then when you want to introduce a new core feature, you've got to validate it against all the tiny little variations you've got. Correct. It's a development nightmare. And I think customers actually understand that. I My perception on this is early days in the SaaS model, this is when you can be doing some of this stuff working with your customers to build a better product. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but when you're sitting with millions of users, if you get to that holy grail of millions of users on a SaaS platform, you can't be responsive to all of them. Your job Absolutely. is to work on a roadmap, work through that. Obviously, you need to continuously build, but you can't be reactive to them. Um, you might run polls and get features that users want. Great, but yeah, you need to be conscious of that moving forward. So it's good to start yeah. at the start. And yeah, the common requests, of course, you know, you're going to get requests that are common for for many customers. Brilliant, yeah. and you can you can incorporate those into the product, and everybody's mm. happy. Yeah. Um, and, and I sum up this idea of the like, uh, which is really giving customers what they need, not what they want. Okay. Yeah, and there's a, there's a really yeah. crucial distinction there, right? I mean, Massive. a lot of the time they will want what they need, and that's great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but every so yeah. often, yeah, there's some crazy yeah. people out there. Oh. I, say, I wish it I wish it could just do this and you go, no, well, no. Yeah. I understand you want that, but yes. you know, it's not a need. Yeah. Uh, and if and if we if we focus on our needs, mm -hmm. we focus on customer needs, then our development is much more focused and much uh -huh. more efficient. Get it. Um and given the cost of people like you to sit at a desk mm -hmm. uh, and do toil, yes. um, <laughs> uh, the more focused and efficient we can be, the better off our business is going to be. Hundred percent. Yeah, I agree with that. That's a fair point for everyone to think about if you're building a SaaS product. Yes, work with your customers. Focus on wants, not needs. I agree. Uh, not needs, not wants. I 100% agree with that. Um, but if you're, just say you've got two or three customers, right? Um, and you're working with them. So, and they want certain things or they need certain things. 
be open and responsive to what they, their needs are and build product and tailor it with them. Work with your customers. When you've got thousands and hundreds of thousands, it becomes more challenging. Uh, but you're building a product for the mass yeah. then, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and th so th then we get into this idea of, well, if I have, if I'm going to have a hundred thousand customers, yes. which would be great, mm -hmm. right? We'll start with the first thousand. That'll be lovely. Yeah. Um, how do we keep them? What do we do? So, you know, it's not just about the quality of the product, right? We, mm -hmm. we understand that the technology is important. We understand yes. it must do what it needs to do. Now I've got them. They're happy. They're using the product, um, but things are going to go wrong, right? Yeah, correct. Um, the the either they haven't learned something we haven't educated them there is a bug in the product there's a whole bunch of stuff that can happen but yeah it, it's just you know the 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 cost of ownership mm -hmm. uh how do how do we look after our customers and i i put this in terms of going to a five-star hotel okay this is the treatment you want to be giving your customers because they don't turn up mm -hmm. to use your hotel because there's somewhere to sleep no, they could go into a motel on a corner yeah. and sleep if, if, uh, if for $50 a night bed, if they want to. Then yeah. the motel down the road, exactly right. It has yeah. a bed. Yeah, they're yeah. going to have a night's sleep and everybody will be fine. Yep. Yeah, they come along because they get looked after mm -hmm. because there are other people there who will sit down and have a chat with them at the bar because it's a nice hotel. Yes. You know, the whole, the, Everything about the environment, the services they offer, mm -hmm. um, the way that they're looked after, the, um, and I'll, I'll use the word community because I think it's an important concept, mm -hmm. The, the better we can make that world, the better we can make the environment for them to exist in, mm -hmm. the more likely they are to stay. Agree with that. Yeah, and, and, and SaaS is only about one thing. It's about the long game. You cannot mm -hmm. play this with a short, short game mindset. It's not about signing up a customer for 12 months. It's about signing up a customer for 10 years. Yeah. Um, the longer you can keep them there, the happier they are, the more you give them, mm -hmm. the better life will be. And if you don't, they will go and find somebody else who's got some software, and we've got nine or ten, as we're saying, in the same space. Yes. Somebody else will provide exactly the same features as you mm -hmm. and a better environment. Yep. And uh, environment. Given the, given the choice of those two, mm. uh, if you're going to, you need some help, what are you going to do? Well, I, I, I want to go to the community forum. Mm -hmm. I want to get some peer support. Mm -hmm. uh, well, the peer support was crappy. Now I want to go and get some phone support. Mm -hmm. Now I need to get some uh, consultants in to help me out. I need to get some help. I need to get some documentation. I need some uh, tutorials. Mm -hmm. All of these things are absolutely um, essential if you're going to build an environment that people can exist in, and stay. It's a community, like you said, um, a community of we want peer support and people working together and helping each other. I think we all like to be in a community of users that are using the product. Mm -hmm. And um, especially from a tech perspective, we all jump on forums looking at how we solve problems. Google's our number one friend, but yeah, there are certain places we go to. So I agree with the fact of the community-driven stuff. How do you find, now you mentioned um, SaaS from a B2B perspective. How do you find the community side of SaaS from a, if you're delivering B2B compared to B2C? Well, the, the volumes are different typically, which yeah. is the, the first thing. But mm -hmm. but the, the reality is, of course, that mm -hmm. when we when we get past the these sort of um, labels of B two B and B two C, yeah, it's just people using technology. Uh, no, I agree with that. The end result is a person sitting yeah. in a business or a home using a piece of tech. Yeah, that's. I'm, si I'm sitting at my uh, desk using a piece of technology, yeah. and mm -hmm. I need some help. Yes. Now, now whether mm -hmm. you are B two C or B two B, that's mm -hmm. exactly the same. Yeah. 
Oh, um, that's a fair point. And, and individuals have different needs. Some will want, some will grab the phone because they're old like me. The first thing they'll do is want to ring somebody up because that's, you know, that's the world I came from. Yes. Uh, others go straight into the forums. Yep. Um, there's, a, there's a great, um, there's a Telstra stat from a few years ago, mm-hmm. which is that uh, it's something like one in three business owners uh-huh. thinks face-to-face is the most important first contact. Mm. Uh, if you actually go and ask the customer base, about 80% think that um, electronic is their first point of contact. I don't know if it's fortunate or unfortunate, but that's the world we live in today. Like we, we're used to jumping on a phone, sending a text. Yeah. Um, generally, that's where it might be. And that leads into like your live chat support. That world could be probably yeah. something to investigate if you're in a SaaS product um, or looking to build one. So live chat and all those things because people want to, if they're in the product, if they can quickly click help type something, it's easy for them. Not everyone wants to pick up a phone and wait on a line for 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes. That's the unknown when you jump on a phone, right? Yeah, so how quickly can we help someone? Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I I sort of sum up the whole notion of um, being a product user is you've got to make it easy for people to stay. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I mean, we, 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 not so long back, and, oh, this is going back probably no more than five or six years, I suppose, to actually delete your Facebook account was really, really difficult. Yeah, you couldn't actually delete it, I don't think, back in those days. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, was, there was, uh, it was like, well, what? So you're locking people in. <laughs> That's uh, and all that does is build resentment, right? So mm, yeah. uh, we, we need to be in a world, instead of making it hard for people to leave, we need to make it easy uh-huh. for people to stay. Okay. So that, that's yeah, it, it changes our perspective on what we're doing. We're starting to look at it from the needs, get back straight back to the needs of the individual mm-hmm. and how we're serving and looking after our customers. Mm. Okay, so it's all about people first, nothing to do with yeah, yeah, it's absolutely. I mean, that, yeah. that's that's essentially yeah. the, uh, the notion that runs through yeah. uh, doing it for money. Well, when you look at it, and I think you're, you're alluding to it, um, you've got on average 10 players in the same space, generally across all of them, they will cover all the same features. You might have an odd one here and there. Yeah. Um, you might have a better user experience here, there, or what it might be. Um, but a custom may, may only assess three or three or four of them, maybe one. Um, mm-hmm. Pick that one and go with it. So once they're in with you, it's all about the rest. It's all about the relationship and supporting them. Well, well incumbency has a great value, right? I mean, yeah, we, 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 we yeah. see this. We see. Mm-hmm. Um, we see this in politics when it comes mm-hmm. to voting. If you're the first one on the voting page, yeah. If you're the if you're number yeah. one on the list, you get a benefit. You get, you do, and, yeah. and if you're the incumbent, you get a significant benefit. Yeah. So, it, it, when we think about that in the terms of, of um, product ownership, or mm-hmm. going into Google, yeah. Then yeah, the ad at the top gets good value, and if I've already bought a product, <laughs> yeah. then you know it, it's it's your game to lose suddenly. It is, is because, and I think you know it, um, in software, it's very hard to get people to actually shift software, especially if they're okay with it. If it's doing the job that they want and they're getting the support that they need, it's it's like pulling teeth to get them in to look at another product. So if you're solving the problem and you're delivering it well and you're supporting them, most likely they're going nowhere um, and they're going to stay with you for the long term and that 10-year customer, not that one-year customer, right? Yeah, yeah, and and Mm. it's... Uh, why wouldn't you? You you would want to do everything you can. Yes, I would. Um, I'm pretty certain you would. Mm. But it's not common sense. It turns out it's certainly not common practice. Let's put it that okay. way. Maybe common sense, <laughs> not common practice. Yeah. Interesting. Um, 
Yeah. So, um, what do you um, think that is, though? Is it because it's tech-driven and it's all it, it's because like, it's, it's tech like, and it's we yeah, build the it, best tech and it's all about that and that's the focus? Or yeah, yeah, it's back yeah. to the, it's back to this idea that the technology will solve the problem, mm. and it doesn't. It, the tech, I, I mean, I bang on about this at length, but yeah. um, it, technology is not a replacement for people. And no, it isn't. And I think technology is there to empower people. Yeah, and that is a fair point. And I think your example back to the hotel and the bed, um, you can buy the bed that's the $50 a night, or you can buy the bed that's two, $300 a night, and you're paying for the service, the ambience, and everything around that. Um, and the same thing with tech. You can buy the tech that just does the job, but if you need help, there's nothing there, and you're, you're pretty much stuck. Or you can pay that a little bit more and get the premium service, and the roll, the red carpet rolled out anytime you need anything, and you're going to be one happy customer. Absolutely, it, mm. it's it seems mm. blindingly obvious when it's yeah. explained, and yet until you, it's, well, like so many things, until you see it, yes, uh, ah, oh yeah, good point. Mm. The technology is very demanding. As as mm. an owner of technology, it is a demanding thing to have to look after. Oh, it's ever changing, and it's we won't dive into that. But yes, it's. Always, you need to build new stuff, and you need to and, keep and so it, product. It, it yeah. can take your focus, whether whether you intend it to or not. It is mm. very easy to get to get mm. lost in a world of trying to be uh, the best, dealing yes. with the next version of you know what a modern aesthetic is. All yes. of the issues that we see year on year out, mm -hmm. year in year out, mm -hmm. we they are challenging. And, and as business owners in the SaaS world, we have to look at that and and understand what mm -hmm. we're facing and what people want. Yes. So it is very it is a very demanding uh world to be in. Mm -hmm. So it is easy to lose the focus on people. Mm. But yeah, you know, forewarned is forearmed, right? If we know about it, then at least we've got a chance yeah. of you know making life a bit better. And I think then the point behind that is if you're starting a SaaS product, you're basically sitting in a room, you might have two, three people building a product. It might be one, you might be one person, right? Mm. Um yeah, and you're basically behind a computer building tech. You have no interaction with the customer unless you go out and actually look for it. Um, and yeah. the same thing as your customers come on board. You don't actually, if you don't know them directly, they're signing up to your platform, all things are going well. You don't know who they are. And that's the world that I think you get a bit lost because then your focus is clear. Then they're not in front of your face, right? And the thing that's actually in front of you is the technology, is the product. And that's really there every day. But yeah. the customer is not there every day. They're there when they ring up for help or they're there when they contact you when something's wrong. And it becomes an interesting um, battle to actually put the focus on that customer sometimes. Well, nobody walks into yeah. a store, do they? That's, no. Yeah, the, the, that's reason, right. the reason that, that human yeah. interaction is yeah. lost because we mm -hmm. happily give them a big sign-up button. Yes. And <laughs> put in some details and yeah. because it's a SaaS product, yeah. they're, they're in. Yep. Yeah, we they're in on a month's trial. They give it a go and they go, hey, that's really good. I like that. Mm. I'll now carry on. Yeah. Uh, here's my credit card details. Here's my, this is who I am mm -hmm. and a whole bunch of information and the world's fine. Yes. And we never meet them and we've no idea who they are. Uh, we're, we're an instantly global business. Yep. So they they could be in another jurisdiction. They could be in another time zone. They could even speak a different language. Yep. Yeah. All of these problems, but they're as valid as, you know, the person next door signing up. Mm. And you know, it's a scary thought, but the customer just becomes a number in that world sometimes. Um, so uh, and again, yeah, we're, we're back to this issue where we're suddenly, yeah. Yeah. We're, not, we're not looking at them again. We've ignored the fact that there's people yes. involved. Correct. 
Correct. Yeah, we're just counting. All right, we've got 10 new signups this, this week. Um, but that's not about a customer. That's more about a target, a number. Uh, mm. Something, yeah, to tread carefully on. It was very um, interesting um, the way that sort of panned out in terms of, yeah, the relationship is important and pivotal. Get to know your customers if you can, really. Anything we can, and this is back to this notion of building a community, mm. is how can we get them involved? The more involved they are, the more emotionally yeah. attached they are. Yes. Uh, and if, look, I mean, if you'd said to me five years ago, mm -hmm. I'd be sitting on a podcast talking yep. to somebody about emotion in software. I'd, I'd, have, <laughs> I'd, have I'd agree with you. Happen. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think. Yeah. I think have a long look at yourself. In the <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the reality of all we're in. We're, we're in a connected world, but we're human beings, right? Yeah. Um, and, we're, and we're all human beings, and we're not. Um, we're selling to humans at the end result. So, and we're all emotional beings. Um, and, and and yeah, absolutely. And, and this brings me on to my the my uh, the last of the seven mistakes, which is this yeah. idea that we don't get our customers mm -hmm. to sell for us. How can they if we don't know them? Um, and that's something you'd want to be answering, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the more our customers like us, the more mm -hmm. likely they are mm -hmm. to turn around and say, "Hey, you know, I'm using yep. this new SaaS product for uh, yes. whatever it might be. Yep. It's really good." Mm. Now that's fine mm -hmm. uh, and some will do that because they like it yes. others will do it if you give them 50 dollars. yep everyone's got a different driver right and and yeah. the problem is that a lot of the time when word of mouth goes out and that's great uh -huh. we don't actually reward anyone for it mm -hmm. we don't even say thank you mm -hmm. uh you, know, you and i have both been through the same program where if yep. if you sign someone up they mm -hmm. say thank you by inviting you along to a special weekend Yes. <laughs> what a, uh, which is, you know, uh, which I was, was fortunate enough to go along to. It was fantastic. Yeah. You know, th this idea that you build community by getting people involved with each other and with you uh -huh. and, and however you can do that, then that's, that's going to build a better business. I agree with that. Um, and the advantage of, from a DevReady podcast, is targeting the non-tech, building tech. Now, generally, the non-tech is not going to focus on the product too much, but they can get drawn into it. So stick mm -hmm. to the business, stick to solving the problem that you originally started out on yep. and what you're trying to solve and make sure you're helping that customer along the journey. The technology will take care of itself and if it's done with the right people in the right way, it will deliver the outcomes. But make sure you're dealing directly with those customers not with, and don't fall in the trap of just becoming a product owner. Mm. That can be very dangerous. It, I mean, one of the things that is that's very easy to do is when yeah. when you've, you've got your mature product and there yeah. is another one, mm -hmm. and, and it's easy to say, oh, well, you know, um, customers get hold of me and say, oh, well, I'd like it cheaper. Yes. Uh, and you say, well, no. And I say, well, I'll leave then. I'll go somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, the answer to that is, okay, mm. I'm, I'm really sorry to see you go. Mm. Now, now, whether whether that is always the case, that yes. I'm, I'm sure there are, <laughs> I'm sure there are certain customers where perhaps there's some yes. flexibility required. Yes, but but for the vast majority, the answer, well, you know, if your if your demand is that you want me to give you more for less, uh -huh. then that's not the business I'm in. No, and it's not this the is, business. This is this is really it's a and mm. it's, this is a really crucial point because that takes us back to the race to the bottom again. Mm. It's a really crucial point that. If you offer value and you offer service, yes, then people will stay. There will always be a subset who demand cheaper. Uh, that's yeah, that, there's always that percentage. Not, they are yeah. not good customers, and they're not the right customers. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. They're the ones that take, they're, they're the 20% that are louder than the 80. Yes. And they'll come yelling and um, screaming just to cut the price down for you. And the, the challenge with that is if you cut the price of them, that gets known in the marketplace and it becomes you are cutting the price. You're doing, all also. you're doing is cheapening your product. Yeah, correct. And it limits your ability to continue to invest in that product too. Um, if you're making less margin, less profit, you can't continue to invest in that product because in, in reality, what's this number? I, I don't know exactly what the number would look like. Um, I don't know if you've done any investigation on this. How much should a SaaS um, business be investing back into its own product? What sort of percentages would you imagine that should look like? Um, surprisingly, uh, an enormous amount. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it is because I know it is. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, thank God we agree. Yeah. Um, so, well, I mean, marketing budgets are, are a horror, yeah. right? You yeah. can you can spend a massive amount on mm. Facebook ads and LinkedIn okay. ads, and, mm. and um, mm. I forget as much as thirty yes. percent of your revenue can go on marketing, uh, okay. and, and that's a lot, right? I mean. Mm. If you, if you're a five million dollar business and one point uh -huh. five million dollars a year is going out to people for marketing, then you, you need to be thinking about that because yeah. it doesn't leave much fat. No, it cuts quite a bit out of it, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, and developers, as we agree, are, are uh -huh. very expensive resources. Yeah, if you want a good developer, they are. 100%. They they just yeah. are expensive because mm -hmm. what they're doing is complicated mm -hmm. and requires a lot of rigor and a lot of detail and yes. a lot of knowledge. Correct. So they're expensive things. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to stay ahead of everybody else, mm -hmm. you need to keep offering that service. You need to keep offering something mm -hmm. that is over and above what the customer wants. And yes. anybody who thinks they can make version one, perhaps version two of their product, mm -hmm. and they'll be done. <laughs> there it, is no done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's in fantasy land. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's just the harsh reality is that uh, for every, every change you implement in your software, there'll be 10 more that don't make it. And from a feature perspective, but you mentioned this earlier about the changes in technology, the changes in browsers, and browsers are now getting more expansive and the amount of features we can build. Take, you've got a product right now. Um, if you perceive that product to stay where it is right now uh, to service your customer for the next five, ten years, you're basically in lava land. We don't even know what the next five or ten years are going to yep. help become. Um, there are clear paths that we may go down, um, but the reality of it is what the next piece of technology is, there's well, no guarantees what's going to get uptaken. So you so, continue well, to evolve. A yeah. little, a little yeah. bit of Stewie's history for you. Yeah. In 2004, 2003, mm. yeah, which is, as in, to my mind, about six weeks ago. Yep. <laughs> uh, we, we were worried about the amount of data we were going to get from a server down to the client. In 2003, okay. In 2003, because we were <laughs> yeah. still concerned about people using dial-up modems. Yeah, and you're trying to solve for a problem that now doesn't exist, right? And, and when yeah. we were saying, well, if I've got yeah. to bring down um, yeah. five meg of data mm -hmm. over a dial-up, that's going to take however long it's going to, it's going to take yes, a while. Yes, yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm doing that now today over a, a typical broadband, thing, and I don't care. Uh -huh. I, I genuinely don't care anymore No. for the majority of scenarios if my first page, my landing page is nine megabytes from a software, you know, if I'm actually yes. loading up a piece of software, if it's nine meg, no biggie. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, not a landing page or a website, that would be a bad yeah. thing. Yeah, that's a bit um, slow. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for a piece of software, nine meg, yeah, nine, 10 meg, yeah, fine. Easy yeah. peasy. You couldn't care less. Mm -hmm. uh, in, in 2013, 
we were worried about three screen sizes. Yep. There was what it looked like on your desktop, what it looked yep. like on your iPad, what it looked mm -hmm. like on your mobile phone. Mm -hmm. Now I want the same. I want to tailor my experience for those three. Mm -hmm. uh, the watch on my wrist. Yep. Uh, the the something else somewhere else. Mm -hmm. uh, what it looks like on my fridge. How it's going to work when I'm running on a TV. Uh, and all of you know, there are our problem today is now where it goes, the delivery. So I want to make one, and I want it to work everywhere. Yep. Yeah. You know, the, the, and and tomorrow I'm going to have a whole new set of challenges because I've got to make it work um, on something that I don't know, I can't even conceive because it doesn't exist yet. Yeah, like I said, there screen resolution is going to change. We might have different mechanisms that we basically interact with. Um, there's the watch that you mentioned. Um, Google tried Glass, but in terms of that sort of world, mm -hmm. who knows what's coming? And we don't really know what the next big yeah. thing will Today be. Today, I designed yeah. most of my stuff yeah. for two-dimensional screens. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah where's the 3D component? Have a, a third dimension, and that's going yes. to just change everything. Yeah. How, how, <laughs> I, how I build a UI is going to be yeah. suddenly completely yes. changed. It will alter everything. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a very cool conversation diving into that world. So, yeah, it's always an ongoing development. I think if you're going to jump into a SaaS product, be aware that serve the customer first. We'll go through your points again, just to reiterate. Um, I'll start from the top. So basically we looked at technology focus. So let's it's not about the technology. Um, niche. Let's be niching in. There's so much um, out there, so much noise. Niching in onto what you're actually, whose problem you're trying to solve, Pick a market, do it well, do it well for them. Uh, build it and they'll come. That's pretty much, we dive into that. Building a product, you still need to market it. You still need to engage your customers. You still need to find them out in the marketplace. But niching will help actually help you do that. If you don't niche, you're in big, big trouble there. Um, underpricing, don't cut to the bottom. Um, put a price, set a price. And don't be scared to overcharge sometimes if you're building good products. Um, service your customers well. If you're servicing on the back of good technology, you can generally win in this world. Um, aftercare, that's basically diving into more support, making sure you're constantly with your customers, working with them, caring for them during the product release, um, building community around that so they can actually work and continually evolve with your product. Uh, reactive development strategy, we typed in on that. Let's focus in on um, ensuring that you're building the needs for the product, not just the wants of every single customer and their asking points there. And last one we discussed upon was about the referrals. So in terms of how do we entice our customers to refer us, if you have a great product and great service, look at ways you can actually engage with them to uh, tap into their networks. Everyone's got knows a lot of people, especially online. Um, how many people are you connected to on LinkedIn, uh, Stuart? Uh, just shy of 3,000 currently. 3,000. So if Stuart was using my SaaS product, he's not a pharmacist, so that's okay. But if he was and he said something about uh, Shopfront's a great product, been using this, it's solving X, Y, Z, 3,000 potential people could see that. And that's just one person. So how can you actually get your customers to promote your product as well if they're actually enjoying it? So there's quite a bit there. Anything you'd like to add, um, just to wrap that up, Stu, in terms of uh, I'm a, let's dive into the, the market that we're talking to. I'm a non-tech, so predominantly I am more of a domain expert right now. That's who we're talking to, who's basically mm -hmm. trying to solve a problem and knows that technology is going to allow me to deliver this. I'm thinking a SaaS product, something that people can use online is really where I want to be. What are the first steps? What do you think they should, where do you think they should start? 
to make sure they follow a good path for them through and not just focusing on the tech? Write everything down. The That's first thing <laughs> everybody right. should do is write it down. Rule number one, that, that, yeah. I, 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 I probably have a list of 50 number one rules, right? I like it. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But if, if you're a domain expert, mm -hmm. the problem you have is that you understand everything implicitly and everybody else hasn't got a clue. Now that's, that's, that's unfair, yeah. but, but, it, but it's largely indicative of the situation, which is you know everything and you, your job is to explain it to people. Okay. Now you're going to have to explain it to some technology people mm -hmm. who may or may not have any great knowledge in that space. Now they can learn pretty quickly because a lot of this is about learning uh, data is. structures and, and yeah. uh, processes and transactions and a whole bunch of stuff. Correct. But, until somebody understands mm -hmm. the problem they are going to solve for you, yes, then then they need to be putting the keyboard down. And that's that's really. I think, I think I posted something like that the other day. It, 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 it is a simple notion that you have mm -hmm. to write this down. Um, you have to know mm -hmm. what it is you're going to do, yes. and even myself as a domain expert. When it started, when I started to write the book, um, yep. uh, I was going to say last year, the year before, 2018, mm -hmm. it's like, well, what am I going to write about? Well, well geez, yep. hang on a minute. <laughs> I, I've got 150 topics I can write about here, and they're all important. Yes. So I need to arrange that. I need some organization. I need to help uh -huh. people be able to understand. I've got to take them through a journey. I've got to help tell a story. I've got to get people to engage. And the only way you can do that is to take the knowledge that you've got in your head and put it on a piece of paper. Mm. Uh, be it electronic or physical for that matter uh, but without that sharing of information without a sharing of knowledge and skill mm -hmm. then your product's going to go nowhere yeah and don't write it on one piece of paper either because <laughs> so, <laughs> i've seen it before um customer yeah, approach I'll, 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 i've got I'll, three I'll, points this is what i want to build yeah fantastic let's uh, I'll start to, off. I'll look it up for you. hang on a second just two yeah. seconds Andy. i'll look this up for you because i, I wrote this it. the other day yeah i'll dive in a bit on that so yeah be strategy first and i've had this conversation before dig in spend don't be scared to spend a lot of time working on what exactly you're actually building um knowing your customers, understanding the market, understanding the problem and digging right in. Do not go, like you said, put the keyboard down, don't go and touch and write code just because you've got something on a piece of a napkin and said, this is a great idea, I want to build this. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not where you want to start at all. So yeah, that was my, my yeah. so the, I, posted, this was, I posted this on LinkedIn the other day. The, the, yeah. um, the three big, three, uh -huh. so yeah, a career in R&D taught me a hundred lessons and then something, yeah. right? <laughs> um, three three big ones. If you think it's going to be simple, think again. Yes, great. Uh, it's not going to be simple. Mm -hmm. Okay, it, uh, I don't want to put anybody off. I don't want everybody yes. to get involved in technology and have a go because it's great fun. Yeah, uh, and you know, a great way to lose money. Um, quick and dirty is always slow and expensive at scale. Quick and dirty is always slow and expensive at scale. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't think people realize what that means, though. Um... Uh, well, it's a simple <laughs> idea that, um, yeah, as software developers, yeah. Andrew, we're, we're, yes. we've been known to be lazy now and then, right? Yes. Uh, uh, when you try to get things done to time and market, I'll just do this, I'll just do that. Yeah. And then what happens is, mm -hmm. as the world gets bigger and more complicated, we end up working around it and working around it and yes. working around it. And that's a big, big, you're digging uh, yourself in a nice big hole. Time, and yeah. we got a lot of problems, right? Yes. So that, 
Uh, and the second one is, yeah, if he's only in your head, the project is dead. That's, okay. yep. that's a nice, nice, memorable little phrase for people. Yep. Another well, good um, little takeaways from today, I think. There are some really cool little points there in terms of um, some focus, in terms of yeah, where it all sits. Write it down first. So be prepared to put it all, get it all out of your head. Yeah. I think that's probably your number one from where I'm sitting because, yeah. yeah no, when, no, write it down. And yeah. As I described it to someone, um, a couple of PowerPoints and the quote and the phrase, it looks a little bit like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it, that doesn't cut it with the uh, software developers or venture capitalists for that matter. You know, when yeah, you take correct. an idea to someone, unless mm -hmm. it's fully formed, yep. yeah, and you, you're just wasting everybody's time. Perfect. Now I think we'll leave it there. Thank you, Stuart. I really appreciated this You're chat. Um, and he's obviously a tech guy, but clearly not focusing on the tech here at all. So that's number one, and write it all down. Now I really appreciate you taking the time to share your story, Stu, and I hope that um, helps a few of you out there looking to build a SaaS product in a marketplace. Uh, it gives you some really good points on where to focus. Thanks again, Stuart. Really appreciate Thank it. You're right, if you want people to um, get in contact with you, where will be the best place? Um, LinkedIn. Yep, LinkedIn. Okay, Stuart LinkedIn Marshall. Is, LinkedIn is my internet home. Yep, we'll share it out. So Stuart Marshall, when we share out the podcast, I'm telling you this anyway, but if you're listening to this now, be you would have found it on LinkedIn. So thank you, Stuart. Have a great afternoon, and um, we'll speak soon. Thanks very much, Andrew. Cheers, mate. Thanks, bye.